1: and welcome to the Comedy Cellar show here on Sirius XM channel 99, the comedy channel. We're here actually from the Sirius studios, as opposed to our regular digs at the back table of the Comedy Cellar. We're here with Mr. Dan Natterman. Made the trip here to Midtown. Go ahead. You continue. You continue the intro, Dan. Well, we are at Sirius because
2: um, we've decided to do uh, some shows now and again at Sirius uh, because that gives us access to guests that we might not get at the... Olive tree. We we have coming up today, Adam Savage, the host of MythBusters. Uh, as yes, and he has a show coming out um, called Savage Builds on uh, the Science Channel, and he'll be coming in later. We have with us once again. Uh, he was here uh, recently with us, and he's back, Mr. Rick Chrome.
3: Hello, everybody, out in Radio Land. How do and, I sound? Well, very radio like. <laughs> do I sound very radio?
2: And with a, uh, a head
3: cold and a sinus infection, I'm here.
2: And Perry Al Ashenbrand, our producer, and and uh, I, I don't know if she's an official co-host, but um, she she seems to be uh, playing that role,
4: Horning so, my way in. Um
2: mm-hmm.
4: Anyway, R- Rick, Weaseling
3: uh, your way onto the show, is it? Mm. Yes, sir.
2: Rick, you you uh, as our regular listeners know, you are the the uh, musical comedy guy at the Comedy Cell. We only have one.
3: We only have one. I think. Anymore. Is there
2: anybody else that sings? John Joseph. That's true. John, John, Joseph, John yes. Joseph sings. If you want to call it that
1: musical, but go well, ahead. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Kyle Dunnigan
2: uh, also, I think, sings when he's in town, but he's not usually in
1: town.
3: Kyle's excellent, actually. Every once in a while. But Rick is our I only. Did, I did. I was in La- Las Vegas, I think, with Kyle, and we, and he sang.
2: At the. Uh, he did a little at something. the Comedy Cellar Vegas Club. I believe so. Now, Rick, H- uh, I did too. As a musical comedy guy, I wanted to ask you what you thought of Adam Sandler's SNL tribute to Chris Farley. I assume you saw it.
3: Loved it. Thought it was very sweet, and I thought it was a a good thing to have on the show with the clips and everything like that. And and I don't know, I thought it was.
1: Uh, Did you hear it now? Uh, yeah, I've, I heard it. I have heard it a couple of years ago. Actually, I saw it, uh, um him. Oh, that, yeah. that song's old. Uh, yeah, I heard him do it at Carnegie Hall when Judd Apatow presents uh, a Judd Apatow presents show yeah. at Carnegie Hall. Like had to be around two years ago
2: oh i thought it was yeah. uh i thought
1: it was written he wrote it for snl but in either case i guess it doesn't
2: matter yeah i thought so, it no, was brandon
3: I, I think i had heard it before too but i never i never saw it with all those clips and stuff behind it it's know.
2: amazing chris farley has been dead for like 20 years it's, it's just a yeah. staggering amount of time for the people for a lot of the listeners of snl that he might as well have been talking about jfk in terms of I
1: mean, people are, in terms of remembering where in terms you were remem- the day they died.
2: Well, no, in terms of the fact that it's so long ago, it's a, it's a probably little relevance <laughs> to it a lot like of a lot of people, a lot <laughs> a lot of college students that watch SNL. To them, Chris Farley is is a name.
1: Can, can well, I detect sure. Lou, Is the top of this the microphone or is it the side? Like a. Uh, straight into it. Straight into it. Oh, yeah, is like, like this? is it like a cheaper uh, straight imitation. Straight into
4: yeah. it like it,
0: this? Yeah. No, no, you're trying to sing. If you were singing, you want to go to the side because you're yeah. a
4: musician. That's, yeah, that's what so, I'm used to uh, singing.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: But uh, anyway, uh, but, but I had a question. Something I think about sometimes. You know, Rick, you do musical comedy. I mean, you mute songs that are funny.
3: I do songs, yeah.
2: Adam yeah. Sandler does songs that are funny. Yes. Has anybody ever done a song that's legitimately funny that ever became a hit on the radio, that ever became a legitimate pop song it hit
3: sure that ray stevens had had remember he had the streak on, the streak and he had that oh he hit a couple of them too um
1: and then uh wasn't jim Stafford had my girl bill and uh, um
3: short people got no, randy, newman. Short, randy newman yeah short people
1: but you didn't laugh at short people you, you smiled but you weren't laughing.
3: No, it, it wasn't a Maybe joke. Maybe a song. little What's bit. What's the
1: matter, you? God of no respect. Shut up at your face. Remember that one? <laughs>
3: yeah. And also, there was a thing called uh, uh, Smoke, Smoke, Smoke That Cigarette from the 60s. Ringo Remember? Starr had,
1: no, 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 I don't smoke it no more. Oh, I don't know that one. There's a lot of them, Dad. And there was always uh, in the 60s Weird Al Yankovic. Well,
3: uh, Alan Sherman. Mm. Mata, hello, mother. Hello, father. That was a big pop hit uh also, the, also That uh, was
2: quirky but not funny. You didn't You didn't you weren't sure it was laughing. Funny. Alvin and the Chipmunks? The audience was Well, that's la- a
3: novelty song, not a comedy song, yeah. Right. But uh Alan Sherman had it and there was also another one called I uh, are coming to take me away. Uh-huh. Aha. Yeah, oh that, ho, that, ha, ha yeah. he! a uh, funny farm. Where life is gay. And no, that's gonna life.
1: Bother me. I can't remember the name of the guy. Is that uh, the guy who did it? <sighs> right. Go ahead. But, uh, no,
3: but I mean in terms of a joke song, those come closest and also um uh oh I just had, I had another one in my head but it's, it's it's gone now.
2: I think it would have been great if if not only Adam Sandler's song was very poignant and 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 very sweet but I thought wouldn't it have been great if melodically it was just killer like at the level of like um Candle in the Wind you know You know
3: but, I I don't know if he writes to that uh complicated level Although I think some of the short songs he did in his last Netflix special, special were uh, were really kind of complicated, but they're very short. Did you see the, his yeah. last special? Yeah. Well, he, so, he he was doing
1: Springsteen. It really was, it was a
3: Springsteen-esque song. He, yes. Even his,
1: even the way he was singing was very Springsteen.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a,
1: he's a big fan. V- of very affecting, right? I mean, it, it was it's it's moving, and he's good. Adam Sandler, it's, it's um, it 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 was legitimate on uh, on every level. Mm-hmm. Including musical. It
4: was th- it was a very sweet, moving song. I thought. I mean, that seems to be the well, you're general talking, you know, consensus. But no, but I think it's
1: talking about something else though.
2: Yeah, you're what? talking about the, the Farley, song, or the Farley yeah, song, the Farley yeah. song. Yeah, the Farley song. Isn't that what we're talking it, about? Yeah, I thought he was talking about something on on his special that that. Richard no, I mean, I'm
3: just up. talking about the, the complicated how complicated it gets in his writing. But but the Farley song was a kind of a simple Springsteen esque kind of song. So uh, I did love Operaman though. <laughs> That was that another musical highlight on the show.
1: Well, I hope Lou can cut some of that in here to, to spice this up. Well, anyway. well let's get it
2: Trump a dumper, Trump a dumper, I make it the wall.
3: I play in the golf, and they take it the fall. Trump a dumper, Trump a dumper, they are playing to a beach. I get to make the wall. Putin makes me his beach. Gnome has a gnome.
2: Gnome has a troubling habit of minimizing uh, (laughs) our 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 talk about the comedy world, which a lot of people uh, find quite interesting. And I think you're probably right. And uh, our feedback has been, in general, uh, that they enjoy the combination both of comedy talk and of gnome's political obsession of the week, which we'll hopefully have time to get to before Adam Adam's. I I don't have one. Go ahead. You You usually do. By the way, Kimmel Kimmel's uh, Jimmy Kimmel's new room opened up in Vegas. Oh, that that'll cheer me up. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> well, I was wondering if anybody's had any um any any uh, intelligence on what's going on over there, how it might be affecting the comedy cellar Vegas room. Uh,
1: I th- I think the the fact that our business has been gutted is actually a coincidence. I don't know. I I think it's too soon to tell.
4: Isn't it supposed to be good like if another restaurant opens up on the same block?
1: it can be or it might not be you just don't know you just don't know I mean if you have if you have a pizzeria and a pizzeria opens next door to you it's probably not good especially if you have a line out the door in which case people say fuck it I don't want to wait on line let me just go to the pizzeria next door um it's true that sometimes uh you open a store, and then another store opens, like another store, and then it becomes like a center, like Forty Eighth Street, where we are now. <laughs> the ruins of Forty Eighth Street used to be where all the music stores yes, were. Yes, Sam Ash, So Bannies, if you want it, yeah. so that probably benefited all those stores at the time. Oh sure. But it there's no there's no guarantees.
3: Is it on the same block? Is it on?
1: No,
2: it's on the Uh, the Kimmel's is on the Strip, and the cellar is uh, sort of off. Why uh, don't you give him
3: directions, Dan?
2: (laughs) 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 Well, no, Kimmel's conveniently located.
3: Uh, (laughs) There's a a concept of near near
1: everything. It's supply and demand, and uh, I'm not sure where we are on that curve. Well, Well, also, I think that our
3: uh, my experience the the one time I I was on Vegas for the week is that there's so many locals who will come to the Rio that uh, where the cellar is at the Rio. Yeah, at the Rio which is off the strip, that don't want to deal with the hassle of of going to the strip. So I think we're getting a lot of business from from the locals. But
2: also, um, it comes to my attention that the the Jimmy Kimmel Club is not doing the format that the Comedy Cellar is doing. I thought that they were going to, but the Comedy Cellar does a showcase format where everybody does 15 minutes. And and as I understand it, the Kimmel Club, true or false, is doing a headliner type show where you got one guy for forty five minutes to an out, whatever it is, and then a couple of openers.
1: Well, they seem to be doing headlining shows now. I think I think they're still in their soft opening. And uh, frankly, the, the whole subject makes me so so sick to my stomach. <laughs> I well, but, but on that's it, but, good. No, but, sick to your uh, stomach
2: is good listening for the. Uh, but that's <clears> not because ta- of, let's talk about it.
1: That, that you're sick to your stomach. <sighs> I I can't talk about it because I I have a. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it. He's not going to talk about it. Okay, it's, uh, it's not the. Not, I have no problem with Kimmel opening. That's not what.
2: No. Well, I think I know what the problem is, and unfortunately, we can't go there. They, well, I don't know when Can I? Can so. I guess? And you can. Can uh, <laughs> I'll
1: blink. I'll blink
2: twice. For look, no. Twice. <laughs> am I? Fr- am I free to? Am I free to express a hypothesis uh, on the radio?
1: No. Yeah, I'm not free to express. A <laughs> no, you're. Like, listen. Just from a... there's a lot of business angst that it's causing and a lot of uh kind of hard feelings that it's causing but it's all right and not, and not just with me okay well uh
2: but the good news is is things seem to be booming at the comedy cellar room in vegas as of now
1: well i, I wasn't kidding we had a slow saturday uh the, the week that they opened but i actually i don't think that was the reason because i went online and i could you can tell you know from their seating the ticket master thing how many seats are available and they weren't; they were very light as well. Well, so, the, the good news it, is,
2: is I'll be there in June. Well, so, then we'll have at least that,
1: oh. that good week when you're there.
2: Um, which, by the way, I'll be there late June. I think I'm there with Dove Davidoff. I don't know if you want to do a if you want to come out and do a uh, an episode of uh, of live from the table out there. Uh,
3: that sounds really fun. I'll float really the fun. idea. You don't have a remote setup. You can. You gotta it's get not the a same. Plane?
4: It's not. Yeah, we were. Ta- we've been talking about going to L. A. for a while. Um,
3: what week are you in
1: June? Uh, I will check. Okay, we don't have to do these, this. These like, are hard months uh, for me because I, I have two two of my kids' birthdays are within a couple of weeks, and uh, my, my daughter has her piano recital. I mean,
2: you oh, really, no. you really take this parenting stuff serious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I know.
3: <laughs> Is it more exhausting parenthood than you thought it would be?
1: No, no, not at all. It, it actually gives me energy.
2: Well, no one loves it. Now, and he's the only no, one, by the way. I speak to parents, and they all say, "Look, it's hard. I love the kid. It's hard." Noam's the only unequivocal, this is great, that I know. And I think it's because uh, Noam has a certain financial freedom uh, to, to Going not. Going right
3: to the money, aren't you? <laughs> of course. Well, it that can't be a, that he's a the, very old, involved old parent. Dan, well, Dan Ilhan he,
1: Omar Natterman. No, <laughs> I,
3: I think
2: that uh, a lot of parents, you know, when they try to balance. We're at, because he is an older parent. He's not old by any means.
1: Oh
4: and Keep he's it sti- up there. Still- Are you talking primarily to mothers or fathers? Well, in I'm not addressing
2: fathers because Noam's a father. He's not a mother. But, but I think mothers... He's been use- called a
3: mother? Uh-huh. <laughs> Where's but, my rim shot? Come on.
2: But, um, you know, Noam's more settled in his career. He's not trying to, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, he's not trying to uh, uh, conquer the world. He's conquered
4: the world. It's. I think it's different if you talk to mothers or fathers, though. Well, and we're this talking is, about fathers now. Well, now, we. I mean, but you can't make a statement like that. Oh, I certainly it. can. <laughs> and, I, and I have. And I'm but saying, I'm saying, no one is, doesn't
2: have the pressure of trying to to, you know, deal with. He doesn't have to go to work every day and get hollered at, and then come home and there's kids there.
1: Okay. Well, I I you know, I've read some of this stuff online, and actually, one, uh, maybe even more common, uh, result of uh, parents who have. Who have who, of means is that they farm out the child rearing all together to nannies and whatever it is and they That's can true. become even less involved uh, in their parenting But so, you're
4: super involved.
1: Right. My point is that I I don't know if what Dan's saying is correct because a, a lot of parents who don't have financial issues which is not exactly make me, you know, that unique we're not we're not, you know, we're, we're not rockefellers we just, you know, we're we're not worried day to day about going out to eat and stuff like that. Um kids go to public schools. Uh, but uh, a lot of parents of means um, find use those means to avoid spending uh, the, the drudgery time or like the you know the mundane time with their kids so.
4: But I also think that and I, I, this, this is not um, unequivocal, but mothers generally bear the brunt of doing a lot of the work that Dan is talking about. Every, and fathers get to enjoy, a lot of the other stuff with kids because you guys don't have to carry the actual Just babies. Just say men
3: are bad and we'll move on. No, no I don't no, think like, they're bad. <laughs> no, they're terrible. I'm kidding you. So for instance, yes, it's true. Mothers is, uh, traditionally are but more you involved remember in the rearing. We yes. said
4: last time you, I actually took my first comedy class with you and I was pregnant. Remember that.
3: You were pregnant. I at was pregnant. I get your money that. back.
4: And, <laughs> and it was for the I was kid a, or for the club? I, I was know. a mess. Oh, you, g- emotionally
1: me. And Bancroft over here didn't uh, <laughs> did live up to his. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the miracle worker. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm
3: yes. just saying.
2: Well, you were about to say something, though, <laughs> in response to Periel saying that the fathers usually do the fun stuff and the mothers.
1: No, do so the hard I'm, stuff. I'm just I act, I happen to like raising kids. Like every 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 single night, my kids. Wake up middle of the night every single night. I'm traveling from bed to bed, sleeping with this one, sleeping with that one. And I know a lot of a lot of parents would find that intolerable, but I I, I don't mind it.
2: That's well, sweet. well, like I said, Noam is uh, and he's quite affectionate with the kids and uh, um, quite I I dare say maternal
3: in certain respects. Uh, maternal.
2: I don't want to question his masculinity, <laughs> but
3: uh, I don't think being well, maternal in your
4: questions your masculinity. I mean,
3: I remember. but it's a different time. I remember my father. The most affection that he got was, you know, five years old, and there was a handshake. That is so right? Not Jewish. That's like no. The, that's, that's very German. A, yeah, very that's German not and Irish. Jewish. And that was the, no. We. It was just a very unaffectionate. Men couldn't touch each other. You know, this to see two politicians hug these days is nothing. But boy, if that would have happened in 1964, people would have lost their minds. So I. Who shakes their five-year-old's
4: hand? It's okay. definitely not a Jewish. Well, that sounds fan. like something nope. out of the Great Santini. I'm literally sorry for everything yeah. I've ever
1: said about you. <laughs> no,
3: but well, but I don't. He's th-
4: much more affectionate
3: now. He's still alive, and he. But uh, uh, that had to evolve. He probably Those, wanted that,
4: to be affectionate. He didn't know how to. He be.
3: wasn't. He did, and he and uh, he, all the men at that time weren't really allowed to. Right. You know, there was there was a big brouhaha when. John Kennedy was killed, and Walter Cronkite shed a tear. It was like, "Oh my God, is he?" Yeah, yeah well, uh, men, men m- can't cry. Muskie you know?
1: got driven out of the seventy-two election That's, because yes. he cried about something. So. That's terrible. Yeah. John yeah. Boehner was blubbering uh, uh, every day.
3: He, in, uh, <laughs> <love> <laughs> that was a different time. <laughs> yes, but it, it's true. Men are, are more are, are allowed more to be now to be more. Okay, affectionate but but so, you know, somewhere between shedding a tear,
1: which yeah. I also think is is a nothing. But that that yeah, I get men were not supposed to cry. But the idea that men oh. were shaking hands with their children oh, yes. thats not typical. There
3: you go, slugger.
2: Well, it's better than a salute.
1: <laughs> like like uh, in the Sound of Music.
3: Right. <laughs> the <laughs> captain, <suit> Papa. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: Were they like that well, with their daughters also, or was it just because? Well, I don't know if Rick has any sisters. I have one sister.
1: Oh, do you? Well,
4: I knew that Rick did have a sister. Oh, that you? was okay. my... No, I actually didn't know that. But... <laughs> No, but I had out. friends with sisters.
3: No, did it, your father
1: shake her hand as well?
3: No, no, no. You could dote on the girls. You could dote on the girls. Yeah, sure.
4: That's fucked up.
3: Da- daddy's little girl. It's She's the up. end of the rainbow and the pot of gold. She's daddy's little girl to have and hold. Sugar and spice and everything nice. is daddy's little girl. You know that's sir? So? I do know that. Did thing. your mother kiss you? Yes. All right. Not, not full on in the mouth. <laughs> not with tongue. No, and before, no, uh, bef- no, before before we, we—that uh, was in the south, but I, we were in Chicago.
2: Surely, Noam, you must have uh, at the risk of, of changing the subject too abruptly. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to deprive you of your your political obsession of the week. Surely, you must have one every week. You 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 have something I, that I is know. really sticking in your craw. This
1: has not been a hot week for me in politics. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, over all the the theatrics going back and forth i'm just i'm waiting to see the the next thing that's going to really interest me is if is when Mueller testifies mm-hmm. yeah noam has a deep
2: deep interest in the Mueller report yeah i'm very unique uh, in the nation now well way. but you're 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 unique <laughs> in the degree to which you analyze and deep di- i think most americans their opinion of the Mueller report is either uh no collusion or impeach now and that's sort of their level of understanding of it they don't you actually look trying to analyze it and really look at it yeah which I think yeah. is unusual. Most people they, they know which side they're on and that's it you're look you're digging in and getting your hands all dirty and saying well hmm, how do I make sense I'm trying of? to do my civic duty Well you're the only one we have to vote on this
4: <laughs> Nobody cares about the royal baby.
2: Uh, Not particularly, but if you like to discuss it...
3: uh, Did they they decide what to name the royal baby? Yeah, his
4: name is Archie. The only thing that I give a shit about is the fact that um, Meghan Markle is wearing a white dress the day after she gave birth. Which I didn't is know that was um, astonishing. A faux pas. Why
1: is that? When you said the royal thing. baby, I really thought you meant Amy Schumer's baby. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, well I that'll, be, that, Amy... that'll
2: be that'll be coming soon, I believe. No, it was, no, she was born. Was born. What? Amy Schumer's baby was born. Yes. yes. When? when? No one tells me these things.
4: Well, it's on social media. Oh. The you can't wear a white dress after you have a baby. But well, I want to talk you're... about Amy Schumer. Okay, babe. we're gonna about, well, like, going to talk about. I'm actually going to say because you're,
3: you're leaking. Yeah,
4: because you're bleeding out like a stuck pig. Oh. You're wearing like an adult diaper, basically, for a week.
2: Hmm. And she looks just... The good news is is that this baby, the royal baby, not the Schumer baby, but the royal baby, gives me a great segue for a joke I have about English names. <laughs> I have a joke about that certain names in England we don't have here in America, like Nigel and Clive. And Archie would be... We do have it here, but it's not as common. Archie Bunker.
3: Arch- Archibald. Yeah, Archibald. So, so
2: I have a joke about that, which now I, I've always had a trouble getting into it. Segue wise, I usually had to ask, is it, who you know. I usually wait until somebody in the audience was from England.
3: Like, I'll pretend I'm from the in- from England. You don't need to. I'm <laughs> so, saying now I have a
2: segue that is ready made, and if right. we do the comedy cellar show, now you can use now that it's segue. It's somewhat topical, but but
3: but um, I don't know if you're supposed to announce that the audience that you're about to do a segue, but. what's the
2: joke well who cares about the joke i mean i don't (laughs) know the joke is how how, like the most english name would be uh, it's i don't know if it's a good the joke is like how like you know the most english name i've ever heard was tuppence middleton which is she's an actress and she was in an episode of black mirror and i said the only uh, name more english than that would be that's a good joke and and people seem to laugh More so than 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 here, but uh,
3: <laughs> I said, oh, no, I, but I said it's a good joke. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah that would be the most English joke. Imagine would be, and here's my wife. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> that sounds like rich, kind of rich. Sounds like a horse. It sounds like what? So according to Google, the, oh, we talk about a- Amy's Schumer's, Amy, baby? Amy Schumer's baby's name is Jean, Attell Fisher. Is it really Attell Fisher? No. That according to Google.
2: You've no. got to be kidding me. That she
3: had. That has to be a joke.
4: It's not. Did you ins- know that? Yeah, I saw. Cause what? I saw it on Instagram.
3: Why Attell? Because and so somebody in the Whoa. comments
4: wrote, "Did she name him after Dave Attell, the comedian?" Or Bart- and I'm thinking, no, she named her after. She named the baby after like a nuclear physicist named Attell. Like obviously she named. Did him. you learn that in Rick's class? <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. She's peeling the onion of possibility. <laughs> very funny. well. She, no. She's looking at other possibilities. That was very other ways That was a
1: low blow. At. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Well, that that, that, that is a. By the way, that is a particular category of joke that I find uh, um, a little bit. I dare say, hack. When a comedian will say, "My, <laughs> oh, no, not, not <laughs> oh. for here, not for here, not for here." But for, on stage, for real life. on stage, when a comedian says, for example, you know, I was talking to my friend and he said so and so, and I said, "No, I, you know, like." Uh, uh, I don't want to name an example, but you know how comedians will say, like, uh, I was talking to somebody and I said, "So I'm I'm going to, uh, I'm going I'm going, uh, you know, to uh, I'm going to uh, I'm trying to think
3: of Disneyland.
2: Right. I'm going to Disneyland. Oh, on vacation? No, I'm going I'm going you know and then. Then they'll say, no, not a bit. Um, and then they'll say what they're going
3: for. So they're implying that the guy asked a compl- stupid question. Yeah, they're
4: implying the guy asked a stupid question. But you, you can put that into any context. I disagree like- with you. I think that that's a funny premise for a joke. But- and in fact, there was a great Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. episode about that entire thing, about the survivor. It's just it's just been, been overdone, overcooked, and can apply to almost anything. Like you, You'd be
2: talking to your friend, and they <sighs> say something stupid, and then you say,
3: uh, no, actually, it's blah, 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 blah. It's, a, it's a perfectly fine comedy form. Is, is it overdone? Yes.
2: It's it's overdone. It's
4: Isn't overdone. it called sarcasm?
3: Sarcasm is Yeah. I mean th- why Are you not?
4: dismissing sarcasm in its entirety as a comedy form? I'm dismissing that particular con- I'm c- dismissing
2: that particular construction as as overdone and and what? I think uh not worthy of <clears throat> high level stand up but, uh, but but <clears throat> I, I I no I okay. have anything. Vinny yeah. Favorito.
3: Did you ever hear of, of Vinny? I don't remember favor Vinnie Favorino? his whole act was having that discussion on, you know, somebody says something stupid and he tells them off. Mm-hmm. And he becomes our voice. He becomes everything you've ever wanted to say to a person who's done something stupid. or, um, uh, And uh, the audience rolls with laughter. So, well, no, I, no, I've no you have a, an opinion on that. I've seen that No, no,
2: joke. on Perio's joke? On that construction. Uh, that
4: wasn't it, a joke. I that was that just... Was being sarcastic, I, 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 I think Sarcasm it's, is funny. I think
1: it's a. It can be a, a hackneyed, but you know, as I don't like to describe things that way too much because truth is, if it's really really funny, then it you know then is doesn't matter.
4: My point was supposed to be that yeah. I give Amy Schumer a lot of credit, yes. honestly, because she has, in stark contrast to um, the royal baby, she the Archibald. picture that she posted feels much more realistic. And I think that it's important that we see that representation. I didn't, I didn't see well, the pictures. Let me say something about Amy. Birth. Wait, of women post-birth. Yes, I get it. They don't wear white dresses.
3: <clears throat> so you think it's more for show?
4: I just think it's not really a healthy representation of, you've seen three babies come out, right?
1: Yes, I've seen it. It's, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's flashing through my head right now it's really it's really not that bad to see as, as long as you don't ever want to have sex with your wife again <laughs> well I've heard that yes I've heard tell. <laughs> but you know but uh no this, listen this is what she's I think she's touching on and this is really a genius of Amy Amy managed to touch a nerve with like you know forty percent of the population uh just by showing the female experience without uh, uh, makeup on it, like showing childbirth what it's really like, showing yes. pregnancy what it's really like, and this is an instance where men, where, where you really do have to be a woman to fully like, I can, I can understand that, but it, it's women have really felt that this was important to them, and I don't know that there's an analogy, uh, or an analogous experience that a man could have is there some man who could come along and really make us feel so good by just showing what it's really like to be a man i don't think so
2: no because we show what it's really like to be a man we we're not women by nature you know they're always supposed to be so pretty and they're made up and aren't they lovely and but men can we can be dirty and disgusting
1: well if you if you believe the 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 feminist line on being a man, men are supposed to be walking around like really uh, trying to pretend that they're really masculine, trying to pretend that they're not vulnerable and trying not to cry and blah, blah, blah. But deep down, we're all supposed to really feel those things and feel um, pressured by those things. So the question would be if a man came along and started to really show all those things, would we feel – we tell him, "Shut up!" Right? We wouldn't be right. liberated. And by then it. he'd
3: shake your five-year-old's <laughs> hand. Hey, what are you trying yeah. to do to us?
1: Well, because we're really not like we're, w- women. Really
2: are like what Amy is presenting. Men are not. We we don't show our. Maybe we ideally should show our feelings, but we typically do not. So Just because
4: have, you've been taught that you're not. to. Well, well, whatever to. the reason is. You know, that's,
1: that's see. That's the thing. That I said the feminist line true? because. Well, actually, Amy, there's a famous documentary out now about um, how how we're pressuring boys to be. Masculine. I can't think of the name of it offhand. Amy actually is the one who told me to see it, and it's really good. But i I didn't identify with it at all. I I, I didn't have any of that upbringing.
4: It's too late for you, but look no, at saying, your boys. I wasn't
1: I wasn't pressured not to cry or not to have feelings, and nor were any of my friends that I can recall. I mean, I I, I, I guess some people are raised that way, but I don't think. That's but you the look typical at your boys, that, yeah,
4: and you don't see the same sensitivity and the same. Feelings that you see in your daughter. What
1: are you talking about?
4: I think that boys are raised less so now, that they're supposed to be a certain way. I mean, case in point.
3: uh <laughs> didn't no, no nothing. No, but but it, you know you're you're. <laughs> I'm reading your mind. <laughs>
1: you don't have you don't have to be Creskin to figure that <laughs> one. <out. You're> right.
3: <laughs> no, but you were you were raised. Uh, not to be... <clears throat> sorry, that's the Tonight Show <laughs> theme. That's, by the way, this don't, is my ringtone. Don't change the subject. The <laughs> subject was... No, I think bo- boys are raised with more sensitivity these days. Yes. But there are. is a certain thing called innate masculinity that comes from testosterone. And boys, you know, aren't raised... They don't come out as equally non-aggressive as Maybe. women. Look, I drive don't. home. I
1: drive. I don't mean, to interrupt you, I want to amplify what you're saying. Yeah. I drive home. There are differences. We do have Adam coming in my way in just a second. I drive home every night. And at least once or twice a night, sometimes more than that, it's on a weekend. Somebody drives by me on the FDR or the, the um, New York Thruway at like 110 miles an hour. Uh-huh. Like a fucking madman. It is never a woman. Never, not once. Now, yep. That is a perfectly valid, I think, that just drives a, a, an arrow through the heart of what they're trying to feed us about how men and women are the same. It just, just as any perusal of Backpage.com or, or uh, Craigslist, the, the sexual pages, will, will show you. Have you spent
4: we, a lot of time on the Backpage? I said things? perusal. This isn't perusal,
1: by definition, a quick glance? Whenever I'm on it, he looks over
3: my shoulder. That's what it is.
4: The point is, where
1: where are the, where are the ads after ads after ads after ads? designed for women who want to get off in the next 20 minutes. I mean, it's just not. Well, the, Craigslist
3: took them all off, but but you're right. I mean, it's just not the same. Those are really
4: no. filthy. I used to spend a lot of time reading those, the Craigslist, says. those are like really I, dirty. I think it's
3: a, it's a disgrace. Oh, I think Adam Savage race.
4: just walked in. Adam. Hello. <laughs> hey, yeah, Adam's yeah. yeah no, would you
2: like to give him the proper introduction?
1: Adam Savage, a Mythbusters. Adam Savage is a Discovery Channel star. And one of the most beloved figures in science and tech. The show received eight Emmy nominations. His new book, Every Tools a Hammer, is available now. Wherever great books are sold.
0: Well, thanks Welcome for bringing up Adam that I've seven. lost eight Emmys.
1: You know what, Adam? I want to tell you something. You're absolutely fucking right. And 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 as I I, I, I didn't read this intro.
3: She she does the <laughs> intro.
1: that off
4: your formal bio that was know, sent to me. He's the Susan and, Lucci of reality exactly. TV.
1: Exactly.
3: I can take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I know that I know the guy has a, has other things that you could have written. They
4: sent that to me. No, no, that's my bio.
0: That's that comes from my folks. I'm I'm just giving you crap. Oh,
4: okay. It was an honor no, just you, uh, to be nominated. How <laughs> many? Baham- okay. See, but how many
0: did you win? Uh, none. Oh, okay. <laughs> zero. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
4: it's
1: the it's best a,
0: part uh, is getting over the burn <laughs> at the party afterwards while you watch other famous people get drunk.
2: Well, it's an honor to be nominated. That's <laughs> cliched, but. Uh, but
4: that seems to be on I theme I I think that's
2: a myth Dan.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, good
2: one. Um, have you seen mythbusters now I I've, s- I've seen it a few times but i have to tell you they, it- it, it's like the Snopes of of, uh, well, it's like Snopes. I yeah, it's like <laughs> Snopes of television. If, if it's
1: not on Fox News, I don't usually see it. But, but, uh. I, but we do have one myth. I, I have only one myth. I want to... Dan, Dan brought it up to me, and I want to ask you about it before. What about the myth of psychotherapy? Have you... He, have he, you considers, psychotherapy, psychoth- he considers it a myth.
0: Have you busted that one yet? I have, I have my... Uh, my wife is a marriage and th- family therapist. My mother is a psychotherapist. I have been life. in therapy for a good portion of my life. I'm a huge believer in the talking cure. I think it does untold benefits to examine oneself.
1: Okay, so here, this is my feeling about it.
3: Maybe, the, should we go go with this or not? So this is well, my feeling so about well, it. I tell tell him your go feeling ahead. and what? he can... Uh, I've done a lot of therapy. <laughs> Has it worked? Yeah, it helped when when I was doing it. Now I'm a mess again. But when I was doing (laughs) it, so
1: so to be to be subtle about it, I don't believe it's a myth that you feel better when you talk.
3: Well, sure, that's all there is to it.
1: I believe it's a myth that there's much more to it than that, and that as I've said, like if I came to your house and told you I was a plumber, Mm -hmm. within five minutes you'd know I know (laughs) nothing about a toilet, and and you could say the same thing about being a surgeon or many minutes. But I I believe that most people, if I set up an office and I put on the right suit and tie. They could come to me for ten years and they will never know I'm not actually a therapist. <laughs> and they'll feel better because I have some, you know, common sense and some empathy and talking about yourself
0: is therapeutic. So I can't barely even approach the premise that you've set up because it is it, it makes so many assumptions. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. About about how to test the efficacy of therapy. I, I, I agree that it's a soft science, but I also know I feel I know in my bones, and I know as an intellectual uh, thinking human that there is a landscape inside of us, uh, and it's a really variegated and bizarre landscape, and that there's a lot to uncover by by exploring that. Variegated means it's like there's a lot, like a var- lot no, variance no, um,
1: to it. No, to explaining. Go ahead. I have to, sorry, I have to catch her up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Of course, I I agree that, but but.
2: He's saying you don't need any. Ex- He's saying the only expertise you need is empathy and logic
0: to be a good therapist. Well, it doesn't sound very empathetic to cut off Which a whole I- bunch of people's avenues towards self-discovery.
4: I'll see you. Well. Say that. <laughs> that I cheat.
3: think that's one
1: for the guest. No, I mean. that was a, that was sophistry at its best. <laughs> the point being that that you could go to ten different therapists from ten different schools of therapy mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I'm sure it's been studied in some way, but all ten different people, ten different therapies, ten schools, and each one will say that they they were helped by this.
0: Could be the same of the medical, uh, the physical medical profession as well. Sure. Well,
1: there's a lot of you know, like was someone of those great Greek philosophers said that the physician's job is to humor the patient while nature cures him? Uh, There there is something to that, you know. But then there are things which where it's not. But I I've been saying on the air for a while that I think that medicine, I said this before all the AI stuff, that medicine can be replaced by computers quite well and computers can do most medical things much better.
0: Uh, In theory, I don't necessarily disagree. In practice, I vehemently disagree.
1: Well, then explain to me why you hear so many stories of somebody who had to go to five or six or seven different doctors before he finally went to or she went to the one who actually actually knew what was wrong with them, whereas if you could have just plugged those same symptoms into a database, a computer would be able to spit out every single statistical probability that fit, and you could then check them off one at a time. But the fact is that doctors... They there's probably like 20,000 illnesses sure and they can probably remember 3,000 of them. So okay. you got to find someone who remembers one of your 3,000 illnesses.
0: I certainly don't disagree with, uh, with the construct you've just built. But uh, again, it's, it's almost purely anecdotal. No, I, I don't think it's anecdotal. You, well, I
1: mean... I feel by the way, have like you had that... any other interview like this? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your best one. We've gone right into the philosophical so we deep end. No, 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 no. Because I, I listened to another one of your... I, I, on the way in, I was trying to listen to a podcast that you were on and I, and i you know it, it got into it very very slowly you know very and it was interesting but i said no no we we're not going to get into it slowly <laughs> with this guy <laughs> For,
4: i have two things first of all yeah. your re, what you just said about the doctors and the thousand of diseases was, was disturbingly accurate i mean that's actually really like a reasonable point well it's,
1: it's not anecdotal but of course it is because i we had something with our with well, our what son. doctors use computers
4: No, but it's true. You could go to, I mean, in fact, I just heard a story about somebody who had uterine cancer and it took her three years to get properly diagnosed. However, I don't think that you could be a therapist because I don't think you have enough empathy. There's
0: also a difference between diagnosis and treatment. Right. Obviously. Yes. Right. So what you're talking about is is diagnosis in which absolutely large databases of large properly built databases that are carefully vetted by professionals to make sure we don't end up screwing things up are absolutely can do better than a, than a human who has to remember all the latest medical research. But that does not get close to what what treatment can achieve when a doctor is working with a patient patient towards the best practices to heal it.
1: Let, let's all be honest though. When was the last time you went to the doctor and you hadn't already diagnosed yourself accurately through Google? I mean it's 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 coming to that and what the only thing that worries me about Again, it. Again,
0: your question is so anecdotal, I'm not sure well, that it proves a single point. This is your it,
1: job. You're supposed to bust these myths. <laughs> I mean life life well, is anecdotes until somebody takes it empirically. Well the
0: plural of anecdote is not evidence. The plural
1: ha
2: two
0: <laughs> I um, guess.
2: Can I ask you I I didn't see all the episodes of Mythbusters? That's reasonable.
0: I haven't either. There's 280 of them. Were
2: you you host? Did you host all of them? Yeah. Did you ever get? What about the fact that human flesh tastes like chicken? Did you ever get? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, We never tested that one. Although we did, Jamie and I, uh, Jamie and I were given honorary doctorates by an engineering university in the Netherlands called the University of Twente, and they are one of the places that was growing meat cells in petri dishes, and they could apparently grow. Uh, meat cells from your own DNA if you wanted. And Jamie said, oh, we should have them grow meat cells from your butt, and then I would eat a hamburger made of, of cells butt. from your butt. And I said, "That's uh, there's no way in hell we're going to do that. That's the worst <laughs> thing I could imagine. <laughs> oh that, no.
2: Have you had <laughs> the Impossible Burger, But I have, <laughs> I actually, I've had Impossible 1.0, and I just I, had I some just had, Impossible 2.0. It's I fantastic. had the Impossible Burger. It's quite good, but there's something... Not right about it. You need bacon. Just, so it, some it people don't like the though, some well, people don't like the
0: nose at the end of the bite. There's a little bit of a a, a, a scent. Um, I'm not
2: talking about that. I'm talking about right. the devil is in those burgers. <laughs> you you how do you. How do you have something that tastes like meat that's not meat
0: without, ah. without help from, from dark forces? Well, it uses chemistry. It, it, it replicates the, the complex system of amino acids and chemicals that, that give meat its unique tastes and the ways just, in which it, it d- cooks d- There's something burns. disturbing about it is what I'm getting. Good!
1: At.
2: I it, think that's it, awesome. It
1: does taste pretty, it's I amazing. wouldn't say 100% like meat, but very close. Can they take meat and make it sound taste like vegetables?
2: No, but I don't think anybody I, I might be able
1: to.
2: <laughs> that that would be the impossible burger. That that would be just the the uh, fu- futility
1: burger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Very good. So well, here's well, a question: Are you going to order
2: some for the for the for your Noam's restaurant too? Ah,
1: it, and po- he, If people if there's an, if there's a market for it, well, I think uh, there is. Um, we uh, so here's a question: What percentage of myths would you say are explained by the fact that correlation is not causation? Is that the most profound? Why is not? Myths? Because,
0: I mean, co- yes, correlation is not, ca- causation and correlation are not the same thing. However, correlation is a great place to start looking for causation. Right. I mean, it's the first place you would look. So sure, while you, it's, it's, bad, it's bad science to conflate them, they also are inextricably linked. So then, then how do myths arise? Myths arise, I think, because we love a good story. We love a good, simple, easy to understand story. We like stories that are thrilling, which is often stories that confound our standard expectations. Uh, so if there's a, a weird explanation for something like, oh, it's ghosts or, uh, you know, uh, it's got to be because uh, God, I'm, I'm actually drawing a blank on some others, but.
3: Santa brought it. <laughs>
0: yes. We love a good story. Well, we love creating good stories. Yeah. And the, 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 the importance of science is to build good stories that are true that are also really fun to tell. Well, what about global warming? Where do you stand on global warming? It's an abs- I, I When I hear the Silicon Valley execs talk about life extension, I'm not sure that's the limiting factor. I think it's the hu- biggest emergency approaching us right now. Uh, and I'm very, very scared every single day.
2: Now, the why do people... Uh, now, according to you, all the science, and I guess, yeah, it's true, all the science seems to point in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the experts could be wrong, but but what's more likely is that the non-experts are wrong.
0: Yeah. And but, but why do people so steadfastly combat the notion of global warming? Because they don't want to change the status quo. Because changes, look, resisting change is one of the most fundamental human traits there is. We hate change. We, we despise it. It's always unfamiliar. It's always upsetting. Uh, and humans want to keep things on an even keel. Uh, and this is not necessarily our best trait, but it is a deeply human trait, I think.
2: But isn't with global warming there seems to be more to it than well, there's that. money involved
1: too. Well, there, no, there's a, there's a lot of there's a yeah, lot yeah. There's of cynicism things. and money way at the top of this whole yes, debate. Yes, when yes, it, yes. so so here's the following things that go through my head when I hear global warming, and I don't I don't dispute the science. A is that I notice that there's wildly different predictions of the time horizon when uh, this gets something that can't be compensated for with technology. Yes, inconvenience. When when it gets to mm-hmm. and like I guess the it's probably not a fair. Um, depiction of her views, but she's characterized as saying 12 years, AOC. I don't think she really said it was 12 years. but And then other people say it's 100 years. Number one, number two, uh, many people, and I've actually looked into this and I haven't been able to find anything to refute it, essentially that if the United States fell off the earth, the uh, the, the carbon emissions from China and India alone would be enough to keep this, uh, to, to make no difference the fact that we fell off the earth, that the... The momentum is there anyway, and as a matter of fact, even though we're the ones that pulled out of that Paris Accord, we actually are decreasing our carbon every year, <laughs> while China is actually violating the Paris Accord. And so you say, well, what, what's going on here? Why would what's going to what are we going to accomplish by upending our way of life? And then the final one is that there are some scientists who believe that there will be a technological way to
0: take carbon out of the atmosphere. Yeah.
1: So you're skeptical of that.
0: I, I, I think it's a poor plan. That's like my plan for retirement is to eventually get rich. That's a good plan. <laughs> it's a terrible plan. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was my plan, but uh, no. it's, it's not a plan that works. No. That it,
1: it's a terrible plan. No, you're, I've actually said something similar about the whole global warming thing that, that it the, the typical conservative motto would be plan for the worst, hope for the best. Yes. And that, right. That is absolutely yes. right. So I, I agree with that. Like, yeah, I've, unless you're sure, well, you ought to be taking some steps. But then the fact is, the, the, the other thing I mentioned comes up, which is, well, what can we actually do as the United States when these third world countries or second world countries are going full steam ahead? And and there's also a falsity to it, and I've been saying this for a while, and then Stephen Pinker wrote something about it, is that well, it seems to me that if we really believe this, we'd be building and will would have been building for the last since Al Gore's movie came out, as many nuclear power plants as we can per year. Because that technology is with us. I don't it disagree does, with that. Yeah. But 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 as a layman I say, well, are they really serious about this? Because if they were serious about this, why are they opposing nuclear energy? Like you don't really believe it, do
0: you? Because that's available now. Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a cultural artifact of the no nukes movement, which I think was a bit wrong headed back in the seventies because nuclear power has a has a has a much better record than we culturally naturally believe that it does. But to go back to your original No, 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 thing- don't, don't, don't duck
1: the nuclear one because I'm thinking if the
0: technology exists
1: now, mm-hmm. it wouldn't mean changing our whole way of life. It would buy us all the time we need for these other renewable technologies to come online. Sure. It would save civilization, which is in the balance. Yet, they would prefer to what? Uh, jump into unrealistic, probably unattainable goals, unattainable changes of life, go on to all that resistance. So yeah, cultural artifact, but it, this is the party of science, right? Build nuclear power plants and leave me alone to drive to work every day like I want to.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that's possible. Why? I, I I think we're going to burn this place up before but, before too much longer.
1: I'm What I'm, I'm saying is anybody who's serious about global warming, really serious about it, as I analyze it, there's only one thing they should be doing when they get up in the morning, and that's advocating nuclear power because that is... The only thing we
0: have right now, which we know will work. no, We also have wind and solar, which have been achieving fantastic, uh, fantastic. uh, They've been exceeding their marks in all the countries that are using them. And yet we're diminishing our investment in it in the U.S. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but that, no, that that will help. But that won't solve the problem. We don't have the battery technology. Not every place on Earth is able to... um, is uh, uh, fertile for that kind of technology. Some places don't have sun, yeah, but- some places don't have wind, some places don't have the land available for the farms.
0: I'm not sure what you're advocating for. It sounds like what you're saying is, if we're not doing nuclear power, then I'd just like to ignore this whole problem. No, I'm saying if you're not well, advocating- Well, are you in
2: accord with Noam that nuclear power is, is we should be really going oh, in the direction? Oh, I think record. we should,
0: totally. So- I think we should be going okay. for every last bit of power that we can get yeah. out of the earth okay. that's not, that, that is not that is not gasoline and, and fossil fuel. Okay, so- I'm so- looking at absolutely. as a businessman,
1: and there's a trend there, and I say, Unless I can fix this trend I'm going to be broke in five years and one thing that I know will keep me open in five years is nuclear power
2: he's agreeing with
1: you and right and I'm saying no 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 forget about that there's other things which might help a little bit yeah yeah the things I'm not against the things that might help but
0: why am I going to put my attention there when this will work right but this is a country where we're not even getting to the point of talking about what will work well I agree with you on that we're not even having that conversation yeah Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so
1: you basically, we actually agree. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have
3: kids. I want the planet to
1: survive.
2: Well, I don't have kids, but so I'm. uh... So I wouldn't the go as far to as to whatever. say I'm indifferent, but... Um...
3: This is why we need a hot dog gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us, about, tell us about the hot dog gun. <laughs> uh, we,
0: so I, I, I just finished work on a new show called a Savage Built for the Science Channel. It starts airing on June 12th. And one of the episodes, I brought in one of my old Mythbuster co-hosts, uh, Tori Beleche. Uh, and we enjoyed a food fight with a distance of 100 feet. And what's really fun when you shoot someone with a hot dog from 100 feet away... <laughs> And I needed to use ketchup as the lubricant for the hot dog machine gun. What else would you use? <clears throat> Is that the the end of the hot dog covered in ketchup makes this perfect, hilarious little sphincter mark on Tori's uh, Chef Whites. <laughs> that's my hot dog story so, sa- sa- sav- <laughs>
3: i love it I with think this-
2: savage Builds, we can expect uh all world sorts of, up, all, dog,
0: it's yeah. all absurd engineering with with great scientists engineers and people that i love so i went to the desert and enjoyed a, a, a mad max demolition derby with simone yatch the queen of shitty robots and my friend laura comp uh, in the very first episode of savage builds we uh with permission from marvel we made a suit of iron man armor out of 3d printed titanium Wow. It is bulletproof. Does it fly? It does. It flies? <laughs> it does. Wow.
1: Are, are you an engineer by training?
0: Anyone? I am I'm an engineer by, yes, but I've been trained while also being a TV host. So it's, it is what it is. What, what's
1: your, what's your, what's your I have
0: major? A, I have a high school diploma and I spent six months at NYU pretending to study acting. So that's, so you're just a, a brainy guy. I mean, I'm a, I have the benefit of being totally untrained. Are you a Jewish man? Negative. Negative. But I'm from New York, so am I an honorary Jew? Well, that's honorary, what yes, like what part
4: of New York?
0: Uh, well, West Village and then Sleepy Hollow. Is, is Savage your real last name? Savages. That it's is a good such a, Irish name. What a
1: what a Blessing to be born with a last name like Savage. I mean, my kids were psyched
0: about it too because by the time they were thirteen, Savage had come back into the cultural lexicon as like Savage. So they were really psyched about that. It's way better than Dwarman or Natterman.
1: Like, (laughs) like literally, you could you could bet on somebody's future based on those last um, names.
2: We currently the great uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was his real name. There's, and then, a, there's, and a, then,
1: a, there's a radio talk show host of Savage.
0: He's Michael like, Savage. Like a Nut guy. job from the oh, yeah. West Coast. Yeah.
2: Can we can we talk? Uh, we, we, we have a few sign. more minutes about Every Tool. I'm
0: getting the wrap-up
2: sign. Every Tool's a Hammer. That's your book, uh... That you just came out?
0: Yes, it came out yesterday. I was in Boston at the Wilbur Theatre, and today I'm uh, giving a reading at uh, Barnes & Noble on Union Square. It is my first book, and it is a love letter to making, and a, a permission slip to people to follow their secret thrill and, and explore the, obset- the things that they're obsessed with. Well, but what's about. the significance of the title, Every Tool's a Hammer? This is something an uh, old colleague of mine, Mark Buck, used to say. Um, and it's a joke. It's a joke among model makers that there's always a way you can horrifyingly misuse a tool. But I think it also reveals this, this love of the versatility of the tools that we'd use. Um, I have thousands of tools in my workshop, and many of them get used for their, for their original purpose, but most do not. And that is part of an evolution of a maker. And I wanted to, I wanted, I, it's one of my favorite jokes about making. Uh, why do you say permission slip permission slip because a lot of people they 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 watch the stuff that i do online they see the stuff i did on mythbusters and they come and they say to me i really wish that i i've always wanted to mod my car i've always wanted to make costumes i've always wanted to do paper sculpture but eh, i never felt like the time was right My hobbies, my personal hobbies of making costumes from movies that I like and props from films and television shows is a weird hobby. I'm not making the world a better place by exploring that. But diving into that is the engine of everything I've achieved in my life. And I want everyone to enjoy that process of exploring the thing that they're obsessed with because i think it's going to make everyone better at what they do
1: well there are these stories i can't think of them I all mean, i guess steve jobs is one of those stories of these people who took we got a, lot a hard wrap-up signal oh, of, yeah they, they take a, they, they 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 dip their toes in a lot of different things which kind of interested them and then they've ended up doing some synthesis of these things which changed the world and um uh, yeah I, I find that fascinating like steve jobs talked about Calligraphy Mm -hmm. and how he loved calligraphy, you know, and then turned out that was the reason for proportional fonts
0: Someone says to Steve Martin at the beginning of his career that he would eventually use everything He'd ever learned in the pursuit of stand-up comedy and he did and and for me in the in the in the pursuit of making I have used every skill I've ever learned from acting to unicycling to you know uh, Whatever knife sharpening. Uh,
1: I want to go back and watch some mixed Mythbusters. Which ones? What would we like the top three I should watch? Oh,
0: man Uh, You should watch the Alcatraz Escape from the first season it's pretty stunning. We did the most definitive breakdown of the the fact that the Frank Morris and the Anglin brothers probably made it. Like Papillon, is that? A- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they made a boat, and and uh, we proved that it was super possible to make it across the bay. I also, in the later seasons, I think the second to last season, I got to fly to the edge of space in a U two spy plane. Wow, It's a pretty what? unbelievable experience to see the curvature of the Earth. I was looking at half of California in one one glance. He, he's a
1: dreary dude, and this is, he guess his pleasure now to tell us we have to stop.
0: Okay, um, Luke.
2: Well, uh, Adam, I don't know if you're a fan of stand-up comedy, but... Uh, I am. I assume uh, Noam uh, will, uh, you know, allow you to be a guest at the Comedy oh, show on be the terrific, House. that terrific,
1: terrific. i tell you what I really think. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're on the West 3rd and McDougal Street. No. Yes, we
1: are McDougal, yes between McDougal, Western and Blue. Yeah, please come down. <laughs> right. I would love to. Please, please do. Uh, all right, that's it, Lou. That's it. Good night, everybody. Okay, Bye. thank you, guys. <laughs>